2 and Hebrews chapter 5. Uh, we were here not quite a month ago. Um, the last Wednesday night I preached, I preached one point out of three. And uh, I, think, I think it was all right that I did it uh, that way. Um, and so we did, uh, I was talking about different spots where the Lord tells us to, that we should learn, teach us uh, what, what we ought to know and what we ought to be taught. And so Second uh, Timothy chapter 2, and we're going to do part 2 of teach us. And he says uh, in Second Timothy chapter 2 and verse 1, Thou therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus, and the things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men who shall be able to teach others also. And then over in Hebrews chapter 5, he ends out the, gets near the end of the chapter, and he says uh, in verse number 12, Hebrews 5, 12, For when the time ye ought to be teachers, ye have need that one teach you again which be the first principles of the oracles of God, and to become such as have need of milk and not of strong meat. For everyone that useth milk is unskillful in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. But strong meat belongeth to them that are of full age, even those who by reason of use have their senses exercised both to discern both good and evil. And so uh, the idea of fools and wise men. The difference between the fool and the wise man is the fools despise wisdom and instruction, uh, but the, the wise are supposed to be teachable. They're supposed to be able to learn and teach and be instructed, and they enjoy the instruction and the reproof and the, and the things that, are, that go on. And uh, we went last time, uh, I'll try and jog your memory if you were here, uh, but last time we went to Luke chapter 11 where the disciples come to Jesus Christ and they say, hey, uh, Lord, teach us to pray. And we talked about prayer, how to pray last time. And uh, we talked a lot about the differences and how to pray and the structure that the Lord gives there of prayer. And the fact that as you look throughout the scriptures and the examples of prayer that we have, you find a pattern that is held pretty well throughout all of them and a design on how you should pray and how you should approach onto the throne of grace that you may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need uh, as a way to get in front of the throne as well as a way to have a good conversation with God at that particular moment to have your prayers heard as well as answered. And so we looked at a lot of those things last time uh, and tonight we're going to catch, uh, hopefully, Lord willing, the last two uh, parts of the message here on uh, teach us the question of being taught and hopefully these aren't things that you're getting taught again because you forgot about them uh, and you haven't been doing them hopefully you've been doing them and it's just an encouragement to keep doing them uh, and that you're doing them right or maybe just a little a little shift where the Lord show you a little something extra and you can go oh I can fine-tune just a little bit more and so hopefully it'll be a help and a blessing to you let's have a word of prayer and we'll get in father I thank you for the day and we thank you for your goodness your care Father, the fact that you'd bring us here and keep us safe. Father, we pray you'd bless the night. Help me, Lord, to say what you want me to say just the way you want it said. Father, that Jesus Christ would be praised, honored, and glorified. We pray you would continue to be with our pastor and his family, as well as uh, especially the Sheltons and then Zoe and Jonathan for the weekend. Father, all of those that are traveling, uh, we pray you would protect them. And Lord, bless uh, the rest of their week. But Father, tonight we pray you would meet with us, help us to see uh, some things and be encouraged to continue or 
uh, Father, to change a few things that we could uh, just do a little bit better and learn a little bit more tonight. And We pray you would bless the hour in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. If you would uh, turn quickly over to Psalm chapter 90. Psalm 90. And we won't turn a whole lot of places tonight. I have a lot of, quite a few references, but uh, I'll mention them. Maybe you look at them later. We've got, I don't want to keep you long tonight. Uh, but Psalm chapter 90. And so you have, uh, teach us how to pray. And secondly, uh, Psalm chapter 90, verse number 12. The psalmist says, So teach us to number our days that we may apply our hearts onto wisdom. Uh, teach us basically how to use our time. Uh, how to pray, but not only how to pray, how to use our time. How do we use our time wisely? I talked a little bit about this Sunday night, so I'm not going to belabor it long, right? He, uh, Ephesians chapter 5, of course, he admonishes us to walk circumspectly, not as fools, uh, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Uh, how do we get back the time that we know we should have? How do we uh, go ahead and use the time, redeem the time? How do we go ahead and teach us to number our days, recognize that our days are few? Uh, even, even in the grand idea of if you get a full life, right, it's uh, the Lord's promises three score and ten, and if by reason of strength four score, 70 to 80 years, even if you were to live to 100 and 120, that would still be an awful short time in comparison to the thousands of years that mankind has been here. Uh, we don't live very long. We don't make a huge impact on the idea of time in this life. But can you optimize your time? Uh, you certainly can. Uh, you can also optimize your time not just with the idea of what you do here in this life for this life, but you can optimize your time because you go ahead and get treasures in heaven. You can have an eternal promise to go along with the things that you do in this life. Redeeming the time because the days are... You can change the things that you do in this life to affect and make it so that the few days you may have in this life will count for eternal reward and you'll have it forever. That's a whole lot better of, a, of an idea than it is to just worry about the days you have here. Uh, people are so worried about having it comfortable here and having it okay here and having uh, the things that they want here in this life and they don't think about redeeming the time and figuring out what the will of the Lord is and doing it His way and getting it so that their focus is on the eternal. You realize that Jesus Christ, His entire ministry, as He's dealing with those 12 men in particular, but also any of the disciples who are willing to follow, any of the ones that would be willing to follow, uh, you, know what his etern you know what his work was all the time? To get them to stop seeing the physical and to look at the eternal. Right? Uh, simple example. He goes ahead, he feeds 5,000 men plus women and children. They get in a boat, they start to go across, and he looks at them and he says, beware the leaven of the Pharisees. And they all go, because we didn't bring any bread with us. I just fed 5,000 men plus women and children with five barley loaves and two small fishes, and you're thinking I'm worried about regular bread? They can't figure out. I'm not talking about the physical. I'm looking at a spiritual truth that I need you to see. I need you to stop looking at the physical and look at the spiritual. That's redeeming the time. Be not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. Walking circumspectly, looking around and taking notice that it's not the things of this life that matter. It is not the idea of what we can pile up and to have, but what we have in eternity and lay up ourselves treasures in heaven where moth and rust doth not corrupt and where thieves don't break through and steal. 
we pile up and we focus so much on this life that we lose the, the opportunity to redeem the time because we're too focused here. We're focused on what needs to get done here as opposed to what, gets need, what could get done for eternity. Uh, one of the best illustrations I have ever seen, and I almost brought the whiteboard out for it, is from uh, Brother Bevan's welder. He did it at a pastor's school uh, in Toledo. And he drew a big circle on the board, on the whiteboard, and he wrote you in the middle. And he said, uh, you know, as we, we all have our ideas of what we do, uh, right? Some of us are list people, right? We, we get up, we want, we want to accomplish our list for the day, and so we make a list. And we, we know what we want to get done, and we want to accomplish these things, and so this is what we do, and so we get our list. And he goes, you know, we, we go ahead, and, and uh, he goes, this is you. And then up at the top, he puts the Lord. He puts God at the top. And he says, uh, you understand, you want to spend time with the Lord in your prayer and in your Bible reading and those things. So you're going to spend time with the Lord. And he goes, and, and on one, another side of the, of the outside of the circle, he's got your family. Right? You've got to spend time with your family. Uh, if you're doing anything for the Lord, you've got to be witnessing. So you've got lost people on the opposite side from your family on that outside edge. And then at the bottom, he's got the church, everybody at the church, things that have to be done there. And he goes, you know, uh, when you start looking at it, he goes, if, if you make that look like a little top, where it's got a point at the bottom, right, a little cone, and he goes, and you're, you're there, and you're in the middle, he goes, and you run to that outside edge to spend time with the Lord, if you're up on the point, you start tipping. So what do you do? Well, you run to something else. Well, I got I to gotta hurry up and get over to my family. I got to hurry up and get over to, he goes, and you spend all your time running just to be out of balance. Because your center's wrong. You've made it all about you. Because you're the one in the center. And he erased you, and he erased the Lord at the top, and he put God in the center, and he put you on the outside edge. Because you have needs. You have things you'd like to get done. And you know what he said? He said the top stays balanced every time you run back to the Lord in the center. Okay, what does that mean? Redeeming the time. Make it his list instead of yours. Lord, this is what I'd like to accomplish today, but would you be willing to let him change the list? I hate it when he changes my list. I'll just be honest. I like getting things done. I like having things in order. I spent yesterday completely trashed. That was just a completely trash schedule of a day. I got just destroyed. Uh, I had I was phone call after phone call and text messages and people needing this and people needing that and pastors out of town and so he's calling me to get me to take care of something else for him and this over here and I'm just like I'm on the phone I'm like I don't even know if I'm coming I don't know if I'm going I don't know what I'm doing and I'm like Lord you got to help me because I don't know what to do and the Lord cleared different parts of my day out that I didn't even expect to be clear and put me ahead of schedules on different things that I didn't think I'd ever be ahead of. And he made it so that I could be a help to certain people that needed help and be there for certain people that needed me. And the Lord made it so my day yesterday was an amazingly working day that worked out way better than I ever thought it could. Say for, it's because you did everything so great? Nope, it's because he did everything great. I didn't know what I was doing. Uh, trust me, I didn't organize yesterday. That was not my schedule at all. 
But I think yesterday I felt like I redeemed the time. I think I had things just the way they needed to be at the time. And the Lord took care of different things that I could never have imagined that he'd take care of the way he did it. So what is that? That's the Lord's hand running through. That's him helping us to understand, hey, teach us how to number our days. Our time has to be his time. Oftentimes we want our own time <laughs> and our own timetable. And how can I make it work for me? And Lord says, yeah, but I bought you. <laughs> he talks about us being the servant of the Lord, must not strive. Sometimes I wonder if we just are striving against Him. It's strife with our, with our Savior. And we don't redeem the time. Look over at Malachi. Malachi chapter 4. I'll get the last one. I'll get the last one. I don't want to make this a three-part series. I just don't. Micah 4. Teach us how to pray. Teach us how to use our time. And lastly, Micah chapter 4, verse number 1. I know the context, all right? We're going to get millennial right here. But, uh, but in the last days, right? It shall come to pass that the mountain of the house of the Lord shall be established in the top of the mountains. And it shall be exalted above the hills, and people shall flow unto it. Millennial kingdom, right? I get it. But look what you can learn right here. Verse number 2. And many nations shall come and say, Come and let us go up to the mountain of the Lord and to the house of, God, of the God of Jacob. And he, well, that'd be God, will teach us his ways. And we will walk in his paths. For the law shall go forth of Zion and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. So what's he trying to teach us? He's trying to teach us how to live. Teach us how to pray. Teach us how to use our time. Teach us how to live. Just to walk in this life. Just to go day by day in this life. And his admonishment of what we'll learn is that we can be in his ways and his paths. Say, so how do we do that? We do that by his laws. His law shall go forth. And his words and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. How do we get light onto his, onto his thoughts? Right? If his thoughts are not our thoughts, neither his ways our ways, saith the Lord. Isaiah 55, how, well, we only get that if His Word becomes a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. Psalm 119. He wants us to walk in His ways. He wants us to walk in His judgments. He wants us to know what way we're supposed to go. I'll tell you this, if we, if we are wanting to redeem the time, if we're wanting to have our time work right, then it's going to have to be by His paths and His ways. You don't get it another way. You optimize the time by going his way and learning the way he wants you to go. You know, we, I did electrical work for a long time. I still do it. I was at somebody's house yesterday to make sure things weren't going to burn to the ground. Pastor asked me to pop over and make sure it's not going to burn to the ground. And so I, was, I had to shut breakers down. I had to shut a whole building down over there just to keep, keep it from being a problem in the future that I couldn't control because I couldn't fix it right then. That's a whole big project. You're looking it over, and I recognize the problem as soon as I put a meter on it. <laughs> I went, oh, I know what they did. 
Now I've got to double check and make sure that I'm right in what I think. As soon as I saw it, I, I've seen this before. This is the, probably the problem. Let me look. Let me see what they did. And I go looking. You say, what, how did you know what the problem was? The voice of experience. I learned the way that you should do it so that when I got to looking at it, it is the, oh, look, that's not right. That's not the way it should be done. Now somebody before me obviously didn't know the way it should be done. They did it. Whether they knew or thought or whatever they had, they just, they didn't do it right. And now they've caused a problem in the future. You know where I'm getting, right? <laughs> we don't do it his way now. We always have a problem in the future. Right? And then we recognize we didn't do that right. You know how easy it is for us to recognize somebody else isn't doing it right? And sometimes how hard it is for us to recognize we're not doing it right. Well, you know what that is? That is, I can learn how somebody's supposed to do it, but I can't apply how I'm supposed to do it. That's not the way he wants it to be. He wants it to be, not only can you recognize and help somebody else not make the mistake, he wants you to recognize you're not walking in his way or in his path, and you can change how you do things. It's recognizing your own problems as opposed to recognizing everybody else's. We are often very good at recognizing somebody else's issues and usually very poor at wanting to recognize our own. And Lord says, uh, I want you to walk in my paths. I want you to walk in my ways. I want to teach you what is right. I want to go ahead and be the shepherd that goes ahead and leads you beside the still waters. I think it's funny, Brother uh, uh, Hines. Thank you. I kept wanting to say Abish. I'm like, that's not, he's, he's not on the field. Where? Uh, he goes ahead and he, he's going, uh, he maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He knows the problem is with him. He, he's not taking the rest he was supposed to take. And the Lord makes him lie down in green pastures and leads him beside the still waters. How often do we go, boy, they're just going to burn out. And then we look at ourselves and just keep going anyways. We don't recognize certain things. We don't recognize that we're being proud. We don't recognize that we're being this. And we don't recognize that we're doing that. But we look at somebody else and we go, well, they're, yeah, they got that problem. Lord doesn't want you to worry about their ways. He wants you to worry about your ways. <laughs> uh, there's, that, there's that fun verse in there. When a man's ways please the Lord, he maketh even his enemies to be at peace with him. That's amazing. That's an amazing promise. And sometimes I think we get in our own way because our ways aren't pleasing the Lord. And we get the Lord unhappy and our enemies are still unhappy. And we don't have peace. I know we have eternal peace. You can try and spiritualize all that stuff if you want. But we don't have the peace of God right then. We know we're not living right. We know we're not doing it right. We know we don't have the peace of God. We know we don't have everything in the right order. We know that things aren't quite right and we're not living right. And we're not doing what we're supposed to do. And the Lord says, yeah, but I need you to come and learn. Learn my ways. By the way, this last one I think is, an ever, is a never-ending learning experience. How can you know the mind of God in its entirety and get it right every time? He's looking at us going, my thoughts are not your thoughts. My ways aren't your ways. I've got it under control. I know what's happening. 
Well, then we're ever learning to try and figure out exactly every way that he'd like us to have. I don't think we ever arrive on that. I think we all ought to be continuing to learn how he wants us and what he wants us to do because we can always get it better. Paul makes the statement, I'm going to close, but Paul makes that statement, right, that he hasn't attained or is already perfect. Meaning what? I haven't attained unto Christ. I haven't attained unto the perfection of Christ. A few verses later, though, he says, uh, but as many of us as be perfect. Wait a minute, Paul, I thought you just said you weren't perfect. Well, he's not perfect in that he hasn't attained unto Christ. But you read the passage in Philippians, and you know what he's saying? He's saying, but I'm doing everything I know I'm supposed to do right now. Then his ways were pleasing to the Lord. Then he was living what he was supposed to live. He learned how to live. I learned how to abound, and I learned how to be abased. I learned how to... I haven't learned in whatsoever state I am therewith to be content. He goes, I've learned this much. (laughs) He goes, I know I'm not Christ. I know I don't have everything perfect, but I'm doing everything I know. But that doesn't mean that the Lord won't give me something else to learn tomorrow. I'm good today, but I I may have to step up to the next level tomorrow. Because there's always something more we could do just a little bit better so we can be a little closer and a little more like our Savior. And so I would encourage you, continue to learn. Let the Lord continue to teach you. Let him, let him continue to teach you how to pray. Find different things you can do in your prayer life and things you can pray for and different. Study, uh, I've got something, you might get it in a while, I'm working on. And it's the prayer requests of Paul. What did Paul ask everybody else to pray for? What did Paul ask people to pray about? They're in his letters, aren't they? He's asking them to pray. Well, that'll help out your prayer life, wouldn't it? If you knew what Paul was asking everybody else to pray for, help me in my prayer life. It's already helping me in my prayer life. I'm studying this out, trying to figure out what I want to do. It'll probably be a message eventually. So you may get it. Or you can look at it yourself, see what the Lord gives you. Teach us to pray. Teach us how to use our time. Maybe you're like me and you look over and you go, yep, I wasted time right there. And I wasted time right there. And I wasted time today. And I wasted time yesterday. And I'd like to cut down how much time I waste. We, we waste a lot. Uh, most people waste a lot of time. Maybe the Lord just said, hey, maybe you could stop doing that, put that aside and kind of focus over here. Maybe you could do a little bit better there. Or maybe the Lord said, you know, your ways just aren't quite my ways and you're not doing quite the way you ought to do it. Uh, maybe, maybe you can go ahead and take another step forward here and we can fix this part right here. I'm glad he's gracious with us. He's long-suffering with us. He gives us time to, he gives us time to learn. He remembers that we are but dust and gives us just a little bit more time to learn to do it his way. And so maybe, maybe tonight your prayer will be, Lord, teach me about this. Teach us. Be teachable. Be teachable. Being teachable, by the way, also, uh, I want to just say this and I'm done. Uh, Being teachable has an air of humility. And isn't that the place the Lord wants us to be? He gives us grace onto the humble. He wants us to be humble. And it, it makes it so He can be gracious to us and let us learn the next thing we need to learn. It makes it so that it's easier for him to go ahead and teach us another thing because we're not being proud and arrogant that we've got it all under control.
It's a wonder to have a God who would be gracious enough to continue to teach us even when we are so stubborn sometimes. Amen. Father, we thank you for the night. I pray you would bless it. Keep us safe as we go. Thank you once again for your book. We pray you'd help us to live it, to learn it. Father, do things your way. Father, we pray you'd come back soon to take us home. We'd love to see you tonight. But Father, if you tarry, I pray you'd help us to walk with you in Jesus' name. Amen.